What is up, everybody? Welcome into this live Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats. We got a ton to talk about today. One, MVPs. Is it too early in the season to talk about them? Well, not for the BVPs. Top five most valuable players so far. One up, one down. We got a tail of the tape and beer. Beer and baseball. An American pastime. We'll make all the sense of it in a second. Let's get to it. A high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, my friends? As always, I am joined by Alex Curry. Alex, I the first thing that I have to say here yeah. is I this was a thing last year, and it's become even more of a thing this year. The flipping bats pod luck is not pot luck. Pod luck is the most insane thing I think of all time. Rowdy Telez comes on, yeah. right? And hours later, hours later, Rowdy hits a home run. And the pod luck was insane last year, but now it, it feels like it's back and better than ever. So Rowdy Telez was on yesterday's episode. So if you haven't, go back and check that out. It was awesome. But it feels like, again, you, you come on flipping bats and, and good things happen. So yeah. what you're saying is all you baseball players out there, you want to have a great game? You want to have a great week? You want to up your stats a little? You got to come on flipping bats. That's it. That's exactly. Let's do it. That's exactly what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. You know who doesn't need to come on flipping bats right now? Though I would love them to. <laughs> the, the Tampa Bay Rays. The entire team. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh. They have not lost a game. They're off to a 12 and 0 start. The best start since 1987. The longest win streak for the entire franchise of the Tampa Bay Rays. Forget to start a year. It's their longest tied, their longest yeah. streak ever. It is insane. They are so hot. The 1987 Milwaukee Brewers started 13-0. The 1982 Atlanta Braves started 13-0. and And the 2023 Tampa Bay Rays have started 12-0. and It's impressive. I think what's the most impressive part is that they're doing it in every aspect of the game. The team has 30 home runs, third most through 12 games in MLB history, only behind the 2019 Mariners with 32 and the 2000 Cardinals with 31. But then their pitching leads Major League Baseball with a 2.11 ERA. So it's not just the offense getting it done. It's the pitching. It's a complete team effort everybody is just clicking on all cylinders on the Tampa Bay Rays right now some would say that if you pitch really well and yeah. hit really well you're gonna win a you're game. gonna be winning some baseball games and I don't know I don't know if this is still updated to the exact point of right now but this is difficult to say as a big Tigers guy heading into yesterday at least the Tampa Bay Rays had a total of 29 home runs hit the Detroit Tigers had a total of 30 runs scored on the entire season. Yeah. Not a great recipe for success. If you're the Tigers, great for the Rays. Great for the Rays. I think uh, Randy Rosarina made that 30 yesterday with his leadoff. So they're home at 30. Run. The Tigers yeah. would the. T I don't. Yeah. Either way, uh -huh. not not good. The so this is what this is the most remarkable stat of all. Well, here's what Sarah Langs with the great stats highest run differential in the first 12 games of a season in MLB history. You got the 2023 Rays who are at plus 65. <laughs> you got the 1884 New York Gotham's at plus 76 and the Wait. 1884 St. Louis Maroons at plus 110. Everybody knows that the Gotham's and the Maroons were two of the <laughs> biggest rivals in the game of baseball. And that 1884 season was just a blast to watch them duke it out against everybody else. But the Rays, they're right there with them now. At what point do we change the stats where you're going back to the 1800s? Never. You're keeping it in Never. there? Never. Okay. What other sport okay. can I sit here and talk about the New York Gotham's and in the same sentence be able to legitimately talk baseball history with names like oil can Boyd and like guys with the nickname of like Turkey, you know, like it doesn't, it's only baseball and never ever 
should we eliminate the history of baseball or just say, you know what, let's just scratch 1900 on. No, let me talk about these guys forever. It's just crazy because when you really put it into perspective, these players back in the 1800s, the early 1900s, they had full-time jobs. This was like a fun thing that they would do. Spring training was a time for them to get into shape because yeah. they were just normal working on cars, teaching, like in the mills, whatever it is. And now these are like, it, it's just crazy when it's the first time it's happened since yeah. something like that, where it's not like they weren't, they were professional athletes, but that wasn't their full-time job. I used to love, you're, you're right. And I, I used to, I would come home from school and watch those guys play uh -huh. and, uh, and watch them dominate back in 1884. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Your, your other life. Uh, Reincarnated Ben. <laughs> Alas, don't get me down a, <laughs> down a rabbit hole of baseball history because it is arguably my favorite subject on planet Earth. Um, but the Rays are 12-0, and 0, and there's a legitimate chance, and you can't say I'm wrong, they're on pace to go 162-0. and 0. So will it happen? Who knows? But as of right now, you can't say it won't. No, and it's crazy, too, because obviously one of their stars, Randy Rosarina, was probably a huge breakout player in the WBC just I think the world fell in love with him like in those moments and he really carried that energy into the start of the season here with the Tampa Bay Rays yeah. like we were even seeing it after his his home run yesterday just yeah. arms crossed standing on home plate doing his doing his like his look that he did in the WBC like yeah. I, I love it so much he's a legend and again I I know I just said this, but Rowdy Telez was on yesterday's episode who was teammates with Randy Rosarina in the World Baseball Classic for Team Mexico and talked about playing with him, and it's it's a great conversation. If you haven't, go listen to that. But, Alex, I have a, a bit of a more serious discussion that needs to be Serious? Had. Yeah, this is pretty serious. Okay. Yeah. So the pitch clock, this isn't what it's about, but the pitch clock has been around for, what, about 12 games now? Yeah. And what we've learned is that it shaves about 30 minutes off the game, right? Yeah. So what have we learned here? Allegedly, it makes the baseball experience better. It creates more action in a short amount of time. And we've had John Smoltz on the show, who's one of the biggest baseball purists there is. And he said he loves it. We've had Dylan Cease on the show, second in the Cy Young Award last year, one of the best pitchers in the game of baseball. And he said he was rather apprehensive about it at first, but now he loves it. Rowdy Telez, on the other hand, you have all these opinions. Rowdy Telez, maybe not in love with them, but understands for the game of baseball, it's what's happening and it's the best thing for the game. So you have all of these opinions all over the place, right? But Alex, we're 12 games in and a serious problem has arisen. How serious? There's an issue. Okay. An issue that must be discussed. Let's hear it. It must be solved. Tell me. Beer sales. Beer sales are down. This is a problem. This is an issue. You go to a ballpark. What do you want? You want to sit in your seat? You want to grab a hot dog? You want to grab a beer? And you want to watch some baseball? That's American, right? A beer and baseball. But the problem is that the pitch clock is here. And shorter games means less of time to, to go get a beer. You can't go out of your seat and go up to the concession stands and wait in line and be on your phone and try and watch a TV because next thing you know, three innings have gone by. You've totally missed the game. But according to new credible sources, this is starting to change. Alcohol sales are down, but MLB teams are adapting. And according to MLB.com, the Brewers, because... Of course, it's the Brewers, right? Mm -hmm. Of all teams, the Brewers are now selling alcohol past the seventh inning when beer sales have traditionally stopped. Several other teams, Diamondbacks, Twins, and Rangers, were the first to follow suit. This morning, as I speak, the Houston Astros have followed suit. I'm sure as of right now, more teams are falling in line. These teams are now extending beer sales through the entire length of the game, which has never happened. Now, I'm, I'm excited that teams are adapting, and this seems they're trying to figure out a workaround, but we need an, a complete overhaul, a complete overhaul of the entire system of beer sales. Now, you might say, listen, there's those people and the guys in the stands that are walking up and down the aisle selling beer and hot dogs. No, no, no. We need less cranky old men in the stands saying, who wants a hot dog? Who wants a beer? 
Well, guess what? By the time that beer gets to you, that tray of beer, one, he might say, oh, I ran out of the last beer two aisles ago. I'm sorry. Or it's flat. It's warm. It's spilling all over the place. The guy doesn't want to be there to begin with. No, no, no. We need less beer guys and more beer girls. Now, let me explain. This isn't a guys versus a girl thing. To explain, Alex, I want to take you to the greatest place on earth to watch a baseball game, the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan, where they have Uriko is what they call them. Uriko are these magical creatures roaming the stands. They're athletic. They're fast. They're college-age students. There's hundreds of them around the entire stadium, and they're wearing jerseys. Not jerseys of the team on the field, jerseys of the beer that they have in the keg that's on their backs. There's multiple different kinds of beers, many different jerseys being worn around the stadium. Whatever beer you want, you can get. Just raise your hand and it will happen. That's how good these girls are. They're so fast. Now, why are they so fast? Some have explained them like they're an F1 pit crew. That's how good <laughs> that these girls are. Now, why are they so fast, you might ask? Yeah. Well, they don't work for the stadium. They work for the beer company themselves. So the more beer they sell, the faster they sell, well, the more cash they make the better their company does. And guess what? There's a keg on their back. It takes forever for that keg to run out. But when it does run out, guess what? They can refill their keg in like 15 seconds at the stand underneath the jersey. 15 seconds, they're in and they're out and they got a keg back on their back. Uriko are legends in Japan. And if you're watching right now, you can see just how legendary they are. These kegs are refilled in seconds. They're back out there. And I, I must say, Alex, I experienced this last year. I one time accidentally raised my hand. It mm -hmm. was an accident. There was a person there ready to pour me a beer within 10 seconds. These people are wandering the stadium with their eyes peeled on you. Their eyes are locked on you no matter where you are. You raise your hand. There's hundreds of them. They're fast. They're at you within seconds. This is what we need. We need an entire overhaul of the system. We need this <laughs> in the stands in the United States. This is what we need. Something like they have in Japan. Something where you can raise your hand, Alex, and there's a beer in your hand. Imagine this, right? I sit there. I raise my hand. And there's a beer in my hands. How great is that? <laughs> Breakfast of champions, Mr. Ben Verlander. How's that taste at 1013 on a Thursday morning? It tastes great. Yeah. Day it games. It tastes great. What do you think, Alex? Um, I love the idea of the beer girls. Remind me what they're called again? Urico. Uricos. And they're legendary. It's yeah. an oh, honor. You, you can tell, even just watching the video, if you were watching, it really did look like a pit crew, like a NASCAR F1 pit crew backing into their area to get their kegs filled. It is quick. It is efficient. Um, and then you don't have to leave your seat with these shorter games, shorter innings. Yep. That makes sense. However, let's be honest here, okay? Because with beer alcohol sales right now, people are getting saucy. They're they're really saucy by the fifth inning. Yeah. Right? I've never personally really experienced drinking at a baseball game because growing up at Dodger Stadium, season tickets, before college, I was under under the age of being able to drink. And then after college, my first job out of college was sidelined for the Angels. So I was working baseball games. So I've never fully had that of age drinking fan experience at a stadium. But I remember at Dodger Stadium, just growing up, my dad would get the special parking passes so we wouldn't have to go through the riffraff of all the crazy drunk yeah. Dodger fans when we were leaving. And then I'm going to be honest, 
driving away from a baseball game late at night, probably one of the scarier times to be driving. So there is the positive of, yes, this is more efficient, right? Yeah. But you know if it's more easily accessible in the United States opposed to Japan. We're a little heavier drinkers over here on this side of the this I, side of the world. Yeah. No, I, I do. But at a certain point, like, you got to – like, if you go to a restaurant or a bar, they're not cutting you off right before you leave, right? It's like drink until yeah. – you know, like, why – at sporting events, it's always been with baseball. It's cut off at a certain time. Same with concerts. But, like, you go to a restaurant, you can get hammered until the second you walk out the door, and nobody's yeah. like, well, we got to cut you off before yeah. your dessert comes – you just let them go. So yeah. my proposal is that the Rico that are in Japan. Yes. But by, by the way, these it's an art to pouring a beer, right? Yeah. I have to I have to say, they've they're professionals. Yeah. They've figured it out. Yeah. They pour your beer out of this keg, and it's just the perfect pour. Yeah. There's not too much foam. No. There's not. Well, too, it's the angle. There's not too little foam. Yeah. They're legendary. Okay. And that's what we need here. And that is what I needed to talk about today because teams are starting to realize shorter games means we need to adapt and figure out what to do in the stands. And Uriko in Japan is is my answer. Bring it here. Dude, raise look at your, the holsters. Raise your hand. Alex, I can't I, I can't say this enough. Like, look at their holsters. There's it's like a whole it's a crazy system. The jersey, they're all wearing different jerseys. There might be like five different jerseys. Imagine it in America. Your favorite local hazy beer, your favorite local light beer. They're all, whatever jersey they're in, that's how you know. And you raise your hand and they're th- they lock eyes on you and they're there within seconds. It's brilliant and that's what needs to happen. And that's my proposal today. I feel like they would need to come over here. Maybe be a sponsor for one of the teams. It is a process. Like You yeah. can't just like, it, you got to be... I don't want to come and kind of got to be like vetted through this and go through like yeah. a tryout. Like, yeah. Look, this isn't easy. These girls have kegs on their backs. Yeah. And they are rolling. It's yeah. incredible. A foreign exchange beer vendor program where yep. they come over, teach classes. I mean, who knows? I'm into it. Okay. I dig Great. it. Great. Yeah. That's that was a, good. How do you feel? Well, I you want to take like another sip of beer? That was, yeah. Of course. It's, no, now it's 10 18 in important. the morning. So why not? It was important. Yeah. Feel good about it. You know what I've always said? What? Drinking a beer on while recording a show is like an airport beer. It doesn't really matter what time, you know? <laughs> yeah, time doesn't exist time at the doesn't airport. Exist. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I don't want to say back to the baseball because that yeah. was very, that was very important to the to the state of baseball as we move fans. forward. Fans. Fans, fans of baseball. and beer baseball. and baseball. Yeah. It's a, it's an old staple. So that's why it I is. needed to take the time and really elaborate on what was the right thing to do here going forward. I like it. Now we're going to move on to one up and one down. Now remember, this can be a player. This can be a team. could be beer. It could be beer. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Someone that's up this week and someone or team that's down this week. So yep. then we're going to start with you. Who is your up this week? My up, and I am very excited to talk about this because okay. I have believed in this guy as you know, no, it's not a team. It's yep. a player. And the player for me, one up, is Jared Kalanick. And for, I feel like, a couple of years, we've heard this guy's going to be good, and then this is the year he breaks out. No, this is the year he breaks out. Well, it appears we're watching the breakout mm-hmm. as we speak. Literally yesterday, Wednesday night, he hit a home run over 480 feet Whew. became just the 35th player to have a home run tracked by StatCast of 480 feet, which started in 2015. Only the 35th, only the 24th anywhere other than Coors Field. He has three consecutive games with a home run, five hits, a double, no strikeouts in those games. Jared Kalnick is heating up. He's a freak talent, but just has never quite put it together yet. And it feels like, though just 12-ish games into the season, it feels like he's starting to figure it out. And his manager, Scott Service, said he looks great. I'm really excited with where he's at and really probably more excited to see where this goes going forward. So for me, the one-up is seeing a guy like that. He's not a big guy. To see him hitting 482-foot homers at Wrigley, now I know the wind was blowing out a little bit, but still, 482 is 482. It doesn't matter, you know? Like, it is what it is. But 
he just had never figured it out yet. And he was a guy that was tabbed as a top, top prospect. And you never want to see those guys not become guys. And talking about this, Jared Kelnick said, I needed to be better. I'm pretty black and white. It wasn't working, so I made an adjustment. And he made those drastic changes. He made drastic changes to his personal life, his professional life in the offseason. He bought a house in Arizona and stayed there all offseason as opposed to going back to Wisconsin where, where he calls home. And I would say it worked. He's batting 351 with three homers, and I'd say so far it's working out pretty well. So Jared Kelnick is my one-up. All right. Who's yours, Alex? Well, my one-up is the Giants killer, Mr. Max Muncy, who just hit four home runs in San Francisco. Starting on Monday, it was a grand slam and a three-run home run for seven RBI. And then last night, a solo home run and three-run home run. Compliments of Freddie Freeman's, uh, like, marathon 15 pitch at bat that, that drew a wild. walk that allowed Max to get to the yeah. plate with two guys on. But San Francisco could not wait to get Max Muncy out of that ballpark fast enough. Yeah, Two games, multi-home run games, just absolutely crushing the baseball. So my up is, is Max Muncy. I think I tweeted after his second home run, yeah. Max Muncy is a giant killer. He is. And there's no way around that. Like, no. the guy last year, admittedly from himself and every he wasn't very good yeah. but you put the other team in giants jerseys yep and the guy becomes very bombs yes <laughs> i mean it slays it's remarkable yeah so i like that yeah and, and i hope max Mon- i mean baseball's good when max Monty's hitting balls into the the bay out there right? in mccovey cove and it was great i love great it to see. i like it all right um one down time yeah my one down is anthony volpe mm. now let me start by saying Patience is key here. This isn't to say we need to rip the guy or he's never going to be good. Patience is key. But my one down is Anthony Volpe for starting the year four for 31, batting 129. Mm. Now, he was tabbed to be Derek Jeter's replacement, right? Like they haven't had that shortstop lockdown position since Derek Jeter was there. Did we really expect this kid from New Jersey? who was a massive Yankees fan, who wanted to be Derek Jeter, who was tabbed with being the apparent heir to Derek Jeter. Yeah. Did we really expect him to step in and be a superstar immediately? That answer is probably yes. Now, is that fair? Eh. No. Yeah. The guy's hardly able to drink legally. Stepping in as the shortstop for the New York Yankees, he is struggling. But give him time. I do think he will be good. Let's remember this. So Anthony Volpe in his first seven MLB games, three for 21, 143 with nine strikeouts. Julio Rodriguez, J-Rod, who's a superstar now, three for 25 in his first seven games, batting 120 with 13 strikeouts. Adley Rutschman, five for 28, 179. He's certainly struggling, but these other superstars that we've seen come up struggled as well. And it's early. Give him time, and I'm hopeful, and I do think I'm a big believer in Anthony Volpe. Give him time. It's just a bit of a it's a bit of a struggle right now. And watching his games, it looked like a lot of the swings he's taking, Alex. It looks like he was pressing. It looks mm-hmm. like he's a little overmatched at times, which I know he's not because he performed super well in spring training. I know he's not over. I know he's not overmatched. Let's be patient with this guy. Yeah. Give him time, and he will come around. Yeah, you have to remember it's what, game 12 of 162. There is so much more of the season. And this is a lifelong dream for a player whose favorite team and favorite player, he's actually playing on that team and playing the position of his favorite player. So we we heard him talk about the magnitude of this moment and what it meant to him and his family. And he had a great opening day and opening series. But it takes time. And I'm with you. Like, Like, give him some time. He has the talent. We know he does. Who is uh, who is your down? Uh, <sighs> well, I'll let you take a sip of that beer. I think you're going to agree with me here. My down are the Phillies. Mm-hmm. It has been whew, a disappointing year so far. They are four and eight. They just lost the series to Miami at home in extras. 
And I don't know if you saw the news about Bryce Harper saying that he was going to – he's working on playing first base so he can come back sooner and help the team. So I, I don't know if that's because the team is starting off so bad or he just wants to get back. But this is a team that was in the World Series. This is a team that has a World Series lineup that have all-stars in that lineup. There is no reason that they should be starting this poorly. And it's – when you have such high expectations for a team that had such a amazing end to last season and then you pick up one of the biggest names on the free agent market and Trey Turner, your expectations – are going to be more than what's happening right now. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. I really am. I am. Um, I know, like we've said multiple times, we're two weeks into the year. Yep. I'm worried about the Phillies, and it's not their offense. I know they haven't been firing on all cylinders yet offensively, but they have issues on the pitching side, certainly the bullpen. Mm -hmm. When you have, and the Dodgers learned this the hard way last year, when you have. Craig Kimbrell in the back of the bullpen, not as just a guy to use when you're counting on him for big time outs, either in the eighth or the ninth inning. And look, I, I was the biggest Craig Kimbrell fan. And when he was with the Braves, he was one of the greatest closers we've seen. And I actually faced Craig Kimbrell when he was with the Braves. And it's probably the scariest to bat I've ever had. I don't, I, I really, I was in the back, in the box. He stared into my soul, and I might have pooped my pants a little bit. It's that scary of an at-bat. But that's vintage Craig Kimbrell, and unfortunately, he's not that guy anymore. So, But the Phillies are counting on him to be that guy. They have guys in the back end of the bullpen, Craig Kimbrell, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, who none of those guys to me scream like, well, I feel comfortable in this inning, and that becomes a problem. And then outside of their top two starters right now yeah. in Wheeler and Nola – there's issues there as well. Pitching over the over the long haul wins. It's tough to outslug everyone all year long. I I am worried about this Phillies team. Yeah, I, I think we. I don't want to say we overlooked, but they lost a lot of arms this offseason. Yeah. Starting relief. It's and we're seeing it's they they did not fill the holes that they needed to fill. I think the Phillies undervalued him a little bit, but you know I feel like you know. You've made a poor decision when you have a pitcher that you didn't really value a ton, and then he turns around and signs with the Rays for the biggest free agent contract they have ever given out, which is what happened with Zach Eflin, right? Yeah. Zach Eflin was like just – he wasn't a guy for the Phillies. Um, they kind of used him in a, in a weird way, bullpen starting, and then the Rays turn around and give him the biggest free agent contract in their history. Yeah. And I'm telling you. If you're ever making a trade with the Rays, one, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and two, just know you're going to be on the wrong side of things if you lose a player to them. But, yeah, I, I agree with your one down being the Phillies. All right. It's time to move to your top five BVP, Ben's Valuable Players. It is week two in the year, and many people might say, Ben, is it really smart to be talking about top five BVPs? most valuable players this early in the year. And to you, I would say, <laughs> yep. yeah, duh. Uh -huh. And I love this segment even more because we, the, the stir that it creates online, right? Yeah. Just a couple of days into the year is like, and I, I love it. I embrace it. See my list, hear my list, and let me know why I'm wrong or why I'm right. But again, this week, it is time for my top five BVPs. Whereas if the season ended right now, I'm combining both leagues and giving the top five five players in the game of baseball so let's start with number five for me Adley Rutschman mm -hmm. one he's a catcher that's a good start for this because a catcher is the hardest position to play in the game of baseball he's also batting 391 with three home runs and eight RBIs now the reason I say he gets a little nudge as a catcher is because Adley Rutschman has played in every single game this year as a catcher that never happens anymore. He's also getting hotter. So he wasn't on this list in week one. Last week, he hit 526 with two home runs. Adley Rutschman is at number five for me. And number four, Wander Franco on the undefeated Rays. 
How do you not have somebody have on the Rays on this list? And Wander Franco is that guy. 340 batting average, four home runs, 12 RBIs, three stolen bases. He's doing it all, and he has he has become seemingly in the first two weeks of the season that top prospect that was supposed to be a superstar when he came up. Well, guess what? He's a superstar, and he's on an undefeated team. They're doing things that have not been done since – 1987 and they have a chance to break that record as we speak right now they have a chance to break that record he's on a roll he's becoming that prospect and this lineup we talk a ton about this pitching staff and how good they are and for good reason but we don't talk a ton about the lineup with guys like randy rosarena and guys like wander franco they're becoming a must-watch lineup as well, and that's why they are as good as they are. And I'll keep saying this until they lose or until people stop saying this, but stop talking about their schedule. They're 12-0. and 0. Yeah. I don't care who they're playing. At a certain point, it doesn't matter. They're dominating everybody, and Wander Franco is a big part of that. And they sit at 12-0, and 0 and he's raking, and he's here at number four for me. It's also like, is everyone forgetting that every team is going to play every team this year? Like, you're going to have a chance, and that's just the way their schedule panned out. Yeah, so exactly. All right, let's move to your number three player who was on the list last week, but he dropped down two spots at number yep. three, Brian Reynolds. So, Brian, this is what I love about this list. It's already becoming like, well, you were number one, but yeah. you got to slide down, but you're still on it. And the reason he's still on this list is because Brian Reynolds is hitting 347 with five home runs and 14 RBI, and one, the Pirates need to pay him. Yeah. I will keep saying this until they do. The Pirates need to pay their guy. Brian Reynolds is your guy, and he's playing like that. Um, but this past week, he hit 280 with one home run. Still good, but it needed to be bumped down a little bit because the players ahead of him are just a little bit better. But Brian Reynolds, switch hitting center fielder for the Pirates. He's a stud. He's here at number three. Number two. Holding strong, same as last week, Mr. Shohei Otani. Same spot as last week, but a different number one. Number two for me is Shohei Otani. Let's start on the mound. <laughs> it's comical. Three starts on the mound, 19 innings pitched, 24 strikeouts in those 19 innings, only six hits given up, and just one run. Woo! Shohei Otani has given up one run in three starts that's just on the pitching side of things offensively he's batting 300 with three home runs and eight rbi i don't even know i don't even know how you one can do that yeah two how he's i mean it's it is remarkable what he's doing in the game and what he's doing for the game and um, the start to the season is certainly in line for look he was the strong favorite I've never seen as strong of a favorite to win a season-long MVP award as we have seen for the odds for Shohei to win the MVP award. And this is why. He does both at a very elite level. And at the end of the year, we could be talking about him winning a Cy Young award as well. Yep. That's how good he has been on the mound. But I have him at number two, Alex. Yeah. Why? Why is a good question. And you might be saying, well, how on earth are you more valuable than that yep well at number one i have toronto blue jays third baseman matt chapman who you let me tell you the only way he wasn't even on the no. list last week the only way you can be more valuable than a guy that does both at an elite level is hitting almost 500 through two weeks with three homers 15 rbis and an ops north of 1400 He's hitting almost 500. It's remarkable. He's also one of the best defensive third basemen. Um, I don't know if this is, I don't know if I can still say this. He's currently one of the best defensive third basemen in the game of baseball. At his absolute best at third base, he's one of the best defensive third basemen of all time. That's how good he is over there defensively and offensively. I mean, look, what did it take to beat Shohei Otani last year for the MVP award? It took a guy hitting the most home runs in New York Yankees history and breaking yeah. the all-time American League home run record. 
So what is it going to take to beat Shohei this year? It's going to take somebody hitting 489. Is he going to do this all year long? Honestly, I hope so. That would be awesome to see. I don't know, but this week it's worthy of being the number one on this week's BVP. So we go Adley Rutschman, Wander Franco, Brian Reynolds, Shohei Otani, Matt Chapman at number one. I like it. I think Shohei's photo might be my favorite out of all of them too. It shows his personality. He's laughing. He's goofing around. We've seen it a ton just in these first two weeks. It's a good list. It's it's a, it's good company. It's great company. It's great company. The list that's what the, over time. So I'm gonna do this list every week throughout the year, and over time, it's going to evolve. Yeah. Right. And there's some names on this list that we might only see once. There's some names that might be on this list every single week. Shohei Otani. Yeah, Shohei is one. <laughs> I really hope, and I have a feeling Wander Franco is going to be one of those yeah. guys as well. And um, one can only hope, but we'll see. Time will tell. And, uh, yeah, this list won't just be an end-of-the-year thing. We'll update you all, all year long on who the best players in baseball are. I love it. And now, question. Is it just that past week or up until that moment? Mm -mm. Like that's <laughs> – wait, hold on. Drink your beer. Mm -mm. It's It's cool. It's a morning show. It's not. <laughs> it's not just this past week. So okay. obviously, in week one, yeah. it was. Yes. But in we, it will event in week twenty of the year. It will be a full culmination. Okay. Of how they're doing in the season. All right. It's basically like the last week of the year, yeah. right? When they come out and say who are the top five like candidates to win the MVP. It's that. I'm just doing it every Got week it. of the year and keeping you updated. Okay. And combining both I leagues. I did that. Which ooh. Yeah. Side note. I think this is important. Yep. Oop. Just thought of this. Okay. I think now that both leagues are the exact same, right? Rules like wise. DH. The DH yeah. is now universal. I think eventually we need to get to a point where there's one MVP. Whoa. I think it made sense when it, when it wasn't, right? You can't you can't change the fact that there were two there were two different sets of rules. You can't have one MVP. But now Everything is the same. And I think there should be one most valuable player in, in the game of baseball. of baseball. I do. I dig that. Yeah. I mean, every other league is one, right? I think so. I know basketball and Can we football. confirm? Yeah. Every other league is just one, yeah. I think. You have one MVP in the entire I, league. I think the reason it wasn't, in fact, the reason it wasn't is because of the yeah. designated hitter and the pitcher Different hitting. Rules. And it, for example, my brother won the MVP award in 2011. Every ninth batter was David Ortiz. Yeah. Whereas on the other side of the league, every ninth batter was like Steven Strasburg. Yeah. Who was not he, I mean, the guy just stands in the very back right corner of the box yeah. and stands there. Don't get hurt. So it's a big difference. So to compare a guy like Justin, say, to a guy like Clayton Kershaw, yeah. who are arguably the two best of their generation on opposite league, on opposite sides, you can't do that. No. But now you can. Yeah. So I think bringing the, the awards together and naming one most valuable player yeah. is the way to go. I'm here for it. You know, I'm beer – and MVPs. This is a big episode for the future of baseball. Really, How are you feeling? I feel I feel great. You feel I, I can like feel the fire from you today. I think you might need morning breakfast beers I for these early drink shows. Every episode. <laughs> for we these early a, shows. Is there anybody here that can we maybe We need a beer sponsor? <laughs> Just we need a beer sponsor is what we need. And then you'll have breakfast beers for the yeah. Thursday morning live shows. Yeah. I like it. I, I do too. Okay. I like I can see it in your face. Like Oh boy. The smiles come a little bigger. The <laughs> fire's gotten a little more aggressive. I'm here know, for it. I don't know. What Makes, yeah, just, just take a sip as we get ready for now. The tale of the tape, because we've got a battle in the AL West. Okay. We've got the Rangers against the Astros. So we're going to go through, and we are each going to pick which team we believe has the better offense, the better defense, the better manager, the better starting pitcher, and better relief pitching. We did this last week for yeah. Braves Padres, and it couldn't have turned out like a better series. Like, I know. Man, what a series that was. So this is going to be Rangers versus Astros. Yes. Which has become, like this year, a little more exciting, right? Yeah. You have the Astros, the reigning champs, not playing super well yet against the Rangers, who have started off, started off great, been pretty good, and they're the new up-and-comer of the division with – Guys like Jacob DeGrom and yeah. an offense with 
Marcus Simeon and some other guys. So this is an exciting series happening this weekend, and uh, I think it's the perfect tale of the tape. It is. Texas and Angels are currently tied for first in the AL West with the Astros a game and a half behind. So, yeah. Just what we all expected. Right? Not the Astros and the Mariners, <laughs> but the Angels and the Rangers. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get started with offense. Who are you picking? So, this was interesting. Okay. I, my answer here, my my better offense is the Houston Astros. Okay. And I will admit that to start the year, the Rangers have been a great offense. Mm-hmm. So, for a couple of reasons, I'm picking the Astros offense. The, okay. The first reason and the most important reason being Jordan Alvarez. There is no better hitter in either of these lineups than Jordan Alvarez. He's the best hitter on the team. He's the best hitter that is in this matchup, and he's arguably he's a top three hitter in the game of baseball. Just, just hitting-wise, top three hitter in the game of baseball. Then you look at the depth in the Astros lineup, and what I, I like to see what I saw against the Pittsburgh Pirates. They started to heat up. Kyle Tucker hitting homers. Alex Bregman with homers and back-to-back nights. So had this offense been hot yet? No. And I really believe miss, they're missing Jose Altuve in that offense. But with Bregman heating up, with Kyle Tucker up there at the top of the league in OPS and batting average, and Jordan Alvarez being Jordan Alvarez, there's no comparison. Especially because, and this is going to be a point that I feel like with your with your comment there, I know who you chose, my decision came to a head, if you will, when Corey Seager got hurt and he is now out for a good chunk of time with his uh, hamstring injury, grade two hamstring injury. So he's not he's not in the lineup. So my pick is the Houston Astros, and I'm very excited to hear why Alex <laughs> clearly picked the Texas Rangers as the better lineup. Uh, well. Let's be honest here. Both these teams have lost core guys, right? The Astros with Jose Altuve, and then as you just mentioned, the Rangers with Seager. That was heartbreaking just watching him round the bases and grab the back of his leg mid-run. You never want to see that happen. Now, if you compare both these teams' numbers, they're fairly close. Okay, Offensively? Offensively. Right now? Like, as of right right now, now, they're Yeah, they're fairly close. So, if if you're going off numbers, you really could have picked either side. But the reason I'm going with the Rangers right now is they are gelling. They are averaging six runs per game. That's second in Major League Baseball. They are a game and a half ahead of Houston. And then you have guys like Nathaniel Lowe blasting a 430-feet home run. Yesterday, Jonah Heim had that walk-off three-run homer on Tuesday. They just have the momentum. They have the fire right now. And I think they're going to go into this series and really take advantage of the Astros. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Thank so you. I, let me let me get this straight. Okay. At what you're saying is over the if if you were to take a lineup to over the course of a season, you right take the now. Astros. But right now, right now you're yeah. taking the Rangers. Yes. That's fair. Yeah. And I th- I might Because have, right now they are playing each other. I might Right? Have, you're not gonna pick like, ah, they should be the better lineup, so I'm gonna take them. It's like, no, right now in this moment. They're gelling better. I can't. With Corey Seager not in the lineup, I couldn't. We'll see. I couldn't. I can't. I couldn't. I won't. All right. All right. What's up next? What's our next? We're moving on to defense. Defense. Who you got? I have the Astros defensively. Okay. The Astros have the third best fielding percentage in Major League Baseball to start the season. Bregman is so good over there at third. Jeremy Pena is very good at shortstop. Uh, Chaz McCormick out in center field making diving plays every which direction you look. Jose Abreu ever at first base is good. And for me, defensively, a guy that does not get the, the credit he deserves is Martin Maldonado behind the plate. Arguably, Ugh. Are, I mean, heart and soul, the pitching staff. Heart and soul, the pitching staff yeah. can throw out guys better than most anybody in the league. I love the Astros defense. I took them for best defense. Yeah, uh, for all the reasons you just mentioned, were all the reasons I had. I also picked Astros defense. I mean, you can't you can't argue with that. Third best fielding percentage in Major League Baseball. Only three errors committed, which is third best in Major League Baseball. 
and all the players you just went through. I agree. They're okay. the defending champs. Great. They're strong. Great. Great. Next up is manager. Managers. I have a I have a thought. I don't like I would like you every time I pick something to give some sort of reaction so I know what no, you think. No, like, well, I you did it the first to. time. You're like, mm, <laughs> it's mm. I unintentional. I have to remember. I'm like, Curry, you can see so what you're maybe doing. Just Don't under make your breath, those if faces. you could give like a mm -hmm <laughs> or no. Okay. Don't do it. Don't for do manager, okay. this was tough. This is tough for me to do. I went with, <gasps> yep. Really? Okay, I know who you picked. Yes. That's wow. great. Just no. I went with Bruce Bochy with Damn the it. Rangers. And okay. I am I love ben. Dusty Baker. I do. I I am, The world loves Dusty Baker. Yes. But does he make some he does some things managerial wise that just leave you scratching your head a little bit. What did he bit. do to you? What did he do to no, make you frustrated? Nothing. At the at the winter meetings this year when I went down to San Diego, yeah. we saw each other, we gave each other the biggest hug in the world. I love Dusty Baker, but this isn't a discredit to him. It's more of a, a nod to Bruce Bochy, who's a three-time World Series champion winner as a manager, four-time pennant winner, manager of the year. Bruce Bochy is, is a legend. They both are. But until this past year, Dusty Baker hadn't been able to get over that hump of winning a World Series as a manager and you look back on some of those playoff runs, and there are some moves that just leave you scratching your head. Dusty Baker is a player manager, and the players love him. But is he like an X's and O's, pushing the right buttons kind of guy better than Bruce Bochy? I would, I would say no. And the World Series, the World Series speak to that. Bruce Bochy has three of them, and Dusty Baker just won his first with plenty of opportunities. So, Bruce Bochy is my answer here in the Rangers. How can you not pick Dusty Baker here, Ben? Do it for Dusty. He has a higher winning percentage. He was three-time manager of the year. Bruce only won it once. He's a World Series winner, three-time pennant winner. And as you even said, the players love Dusty. He is a player's coach. He creates such an incredible energy and vibe out there, not just for the players. I think everybody in baseball – would agree that there is just this deep love and appreciation for Dusty. I, I agree with that. I mean, he is currently the defending World Series champ. I no, I'm Dusty all the way, baby. You know what? You know what I don't like, Alex. What? I feel like we're not going to get into politics, but in politics, there's such thing as a smear campaign. And I went positive with both of them. And yeah. the first thing you say is, Dusty's won three manager of the year. Bruce Bochy won. Very negative. I didn't like that at all. No, reasoning. Well, I got to give you reasoning. Reasoning. That's sure. facts. Facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Higher well, winning percentage. It's cool. Well, better teams. Yeah. Okay. That's why you I, I love <laughs> I love Dusty. I love Dusty. And who would I want to more go get a beer with? On a Thursday morning <laughs> at 10.48. I'm pretty sure he probably partied the it's hardest dusty. out of every single human involved with the Houston Astros organization after they won that World Series. 100% it was Dusty. Oh, I can confirm. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. I knew it. I, yeah, Another I reason to love dusty. the man. I do love him. All right. Moving on. Moving on to starting pitching. Who you got? I got the Houston Astros. Uh, and it's more about depth. If you ask one game to win it all, who do you want out there? Jacob DeGrom. You can't, you can't not pick Jacob DeGrom. But depth of the rotation and one of the most underrated pitchers in the game of baseball, Framber Valdez, great ace of a staff, good, good start to the year, a, a minuscule ERA in the ones, but it's after him. I won't sit here and compare Jacob DeGrom and Framber Valdez because you can't. When they're both healthy and they're both on their A game, there's no comparison because Jacob DeGrom is the most dominant, nasty pitcher in the game of baseball when healthy. Though I will add, I don't know, Shohei's getting close to that. Uh, alas. Uh, the, ro the rotation depth. Luis Garcia. Um, Jose Urquidy. 
there's a lot more names in the rotation that I feel comfortable about taking the mound. Hunter Brown out there in his last outing against a very, very good Minnesota Twins offense. Seven innings, zero earned runs, only two hits given up. And I mentioned before the year, my my breakout player for the Houston Astros this year was Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown's idol is my brother. And if you watch him pitch, he looks like Justin out on the mound. He's basically mimicked his mechanics, and you can see it in the way he pitches. He's become great depth in that rotation. So give me Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy, Hunter Brown as more rotation depth than I – and well, we can't talk about McCullers because he's not out and won't participate in this series. But give me the rotation depth of the Astros over the, the Rangers. We differ here. Did we, we had all the same last week. We did. And we're mostly different here. Yeah, and I, I, and like I don't look if your picks are in. I will not look because I don't want to know your picks when they're in the format. <clears throat> I picked the Rangers starting pitching staff. You have one of the greatest pitchers in the game when he's healthy and he's grooving, Jacob DeGrom, and he looked great in his last two starts. Then you have Andrew Heaney, the back of their rotation, breaking Nolan Ryan's record in Texas, most consecutive strikeouts in a single game with nine consecutive strikeouts. Evaldi was lights out in Chicago. Perez had some crazy defense on the mound. I just, I am taking the Rangers starting pitching staff in this series. All right. Deal. If uh, yeah. if if Andrew Heaney is one of your re- reasons why the Rangers rotation is better than the Astros, I feel good about taking the Astros. Oh, okay. Let's I, see. We will. See. It is on. We're gonna make a wager it this series. On. You know, a pinky for a pinky. That's what we're doing. <laughs> no, we are not with this doing series. it. All right, no, 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 bullpen. No. This one's the Astros. Best okay. bullpen in the league last year. Majority of the same guys this year. Have they got off to the hottest start? No, not exactly. But we saw Ryan Presley, who's their closer. He was. Dominant in the World Baseball Classic. He was dominant last year. He will be a dominant closer this year. Um, and then j- the rest of the names in that bullpen. They are the most dominant bullpen in baseball. Ah, uh, Yeah, no, I disagree. I am taking the <laughs> Rangers relief pitching. And this is based off numbers. They have the third best ERA in Major League Baseball, 2.23, compared to the Astros, 4.34 ERA. They have a couple of saves, only one blown save, as the Astros have three blown saves, the second most in Major League Baseball. So, yeah, my relief is the Rangers. Enough said. We got to make a wager here because yeah. this is like – what, pinky took, for a pinky? Uh, no, we're not doing pinky for a pinky. Yeah, so you heavily, you're heavily on the Astros. I guess I was three of five for Texas. So let's start. We we do tail the tape for a big series every weekend. It's been, I think yeah. we do it on every Thursday show. We should start keeping track of, of every, so I'll I'll take, the, right. I'll take the Astros in this series. Yeah. You'll take the Rangers and we'll keep track over the course of the year. And at the end of the year, so a bigger scheme, pinky for a pinky. No, I think someone has a shotgun a beer. The loser's got a shotgun a beer. Deal. Yeah. Okay. Or a seltzer, because I can't have that. you get in the stands from a (laughs) Eureka. We're going to have to go to a game. Whoever loses has to get us tickets to a game. And then we have to shotgun a drink on the field. Deal. That's what's happening. All right. Uh, Let's move on to this is one of my favorite parts of the show. Because it allows everybody that is a listener or a fan or the entire Flippin' Bats community to be a part of it. So, Alex, yep. um, Twitter fan questions. Yep, right? I we got them. T- we tweet out every week, yep. and we can bring them on the show. Okay, so our first one is from George, and he asks, With the new rules in place, do we think it's harder for the pitcher or the catcher when trying to hold the runner on the base path? When trying to hold the runner... I would say it's the pitcher. Now, that naturally makes the catcher's job near impossible if the pitcher's struggling to hold the runner. I remember this when, when I was playing. The, the catchers would yell at pitchers all the time, right? You get back in the dugout, and a, catcher, a, a guy steals second base, and catchers are just, like, cussing out the pitcher, like, you got to be effing quicker to the plate. What are you doing? You're taking – Two and a half seconds from so the time start like from yeah. leg lift to the ball touching the catcher's mitt. How long does it take? And pitchers need to be in that one point something time range, but a lot of them aren't. And like Smoltz said the other day, it had become a lost art 
yeah. holding on runners. And you see that. So I would say to hold on runners, it's harder for pitchers and they need to learn. They're going to have to learn and adapt to doing a better job. It just makes the catcher's job near impossible, but it's harder for the pitchers to do. I'm trying to, who has the crazy windup? That's like the leg. You don't know where he's going. I'm blanking on who it is. Nestor Cortez. Yeah, that's got to be like. But he doesn't do it with runners on base. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like that would be, whew, good luck there. Yeah. All right, next fan question comes from Tyler. And he said, are the D-backs legit? I'm loving how well we're playing. Ho, 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 ho. This is the right man to ask. Baby, are you asking the right guy? The Diamondbacks, oh, they're legit. And with how down I am, and you are as well, on the Phillies, yeah. I have the Diamondbacks making the playoffs. And the reason being, if fast, flashback to a year ago, did the Diamondbacks make the playoffs with this exact team? I don't think so. But these new rules and the way they are set up and in place are the perfect storm for the Diamondbacks. And you might ask, why, Ben? Well, the Diamondbacks are full of a bunch of fun, young, dynamic, fast players, allowing them to steal more bases. Singles are basically doubles for the majority of the Diamondbacks lineup, meaning if somebody gets on base, they will steal second base and get there within the next couple of pitches. And then all you need is a single to drive a guy in. And then they have a guy named Corbin Carroll, who, if you're a new listener, well, guess what? I'm the driver of the Corbin Carroll bandwagon. <laughs> I am his biggest fan. And if you're a longtime listener, you know how much of a fan I am of this guy. He hit a home run the other night. Uh, he's, a, he's a superstar in the making. They have him. That was a long-winded answer to say. Yes. I don't even, I don't even remember. The question was, I think, are the, the D-backs legit? legit? Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, I love this team. I just wish they had another starter or two or three uh, or four in the rotation. Eh, but Zach Gallen is the, the man and a little bit of a better bullpen. They need some help at the trade deadline, but yeah. offensively and their ace of the staff are elite, and I think they have what it takes to potentially get into the playoffs. All right, we got one final question. Okay. This comes from Seth Green. Ben, is, is this your burner account? First of all, Ben, <laughs> you are literally the coolest person in the baseball world next to Dusty Baker. Oh, Ben. My question is, if you had the opportunity to take batting practice in any stadium, past or present, which one would it be? First off, Seth, I love you. Yeah. That's really nice of you. <laughs> and maybe one day I can pass Dusty Baker. I'm sure now if you've listened to the whole episode, I'm getting a tick back because yep. I picked Bruce Bochy. Um, if I could take BP in any stadium, past or present, I would take Fenway Park. Ooh. And it's because, one, it has the history. Mm -hmm. Two, it has the green monster. Yeah. So just to be able to hit in the same stadium that Babe Ruth and Ted Williams and really – Anybody that we know in the game of everybody has gone through Fenway Park in their career. So, one, the answer has to be um, the answer has to be a historic stadium, yeah. right? Like, I'm not going to pick like I don't know, like Truist in Atlanta. I love the stadium, but yeah. like, is that my answer? So, I would say there, okay, Fenway Park, or the Tokyo Dome. Interesting. Did you do that? No. You didn't take BP? You threw out a first pitch. Not in the Tokyo Dome. Okay. That was at um, the Nippon Ham Fighters Stadium oh. in Hokkaido. Okay. But I would love to take BP at the Tokyo Dome and at Fenway Park. Those are my answers. What about you, Alex? I feel Where like would you both like... of these are very attainable goals. Is it? Yeah. I feel like well, we've manifested I've started Let's put racking it out up there. Some, B some BPs at Major League Stadium. Yeah. Coors Field last year. Uh, Miami a couple of weeks ago for the WBC. Mm -hmm. I'm yet to not hit a homer in a big league stadium. So, oh, so you think you'll hit one over the green monster when oh, it happens? Oh, for sure. It's so close. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. I've done Comerica. I've done the Trop. Okay. So, yeah, we got to rack up some I've only done Angels. Though. I would love to do Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium's your answer? Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. What? No, it's Which a man. good answer, and it has the I history. I grew up there. It has the history. It's where I was born and raised. Like, literally, I was a little baby. My parents had to move their season tickets because my mom was so afraid my dad was going to fall over the railing with me in his hands. I was that <laughs> kid that was, like, making the highlight reels of, like, leaning over trying to catch the foul ball and, like, full Dodger gear, like, wee, here we go, Dad. Yeah. All right. 
This was a great episode. Yeah, you need breakfast beers. I think I think that's the moral of the story. More beer at stadiums and more beer here on Flippin' Bats Live. Cheers <laughs> to you all. And thank you for listening to this Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats. Um, make sure you're subscribed anywhere you listen to your podcast. Apple, Spotify, wherever. Hit that plus button. And also follow along on all social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And you can watch every single episode on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. This has been a blast of a Thursday episode. We will be back early Friday morning for another episode of Flippin' Bats. But until next time, cheers, my friend. Cheers. Peace out.